New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile. We're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello, George. All right. Yeah. How's it going? Good. Good week. It's been all right so far. Well, it hasn't actually been very long since we last. No, it hasn't. Sat down and did this, but it's okay. I think, yeah. It'll be fine. Right then. Right. So, this week is a special week. Kind of. Not, not a special week. I just feel I should give it a mention. Really. Yeah, I'm up for that. Go for it. Yeah, it's um, it's CF week. Yeah, cystic fibrosis week. Yeah, so um, it affects me very closely, very very close, as closely as it could actually, yep. as closely as anything could affect you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel I should do my little bit to use my current mouthpiece to the world to mm. help spread. Try and raise a bit of awareness. Spread awareness, really. So yeah, that's all. That's all. Is all is about. So yeah, there's lots of plans of research and stuff going on, and CF Trust are doing an amazing job, and it's stuff's come a long way in it's the last the few issue years. Is it's an incurable um, condition yeah. at the moment. Isn't yeah, it? it's an incurable uh, genetic condition that you're born with, and currently there's nothing you can really do to change the genes. They're working on that, getting somewhere, but um, yeah, other than that, it's just managing symptoms and. It's hard. It's a quite an invisible disease, so it, it doesn't look. People don't look particularly ill, but mm. actually, things can be going seriously wrong under the bonnet. So, mm. yeah, I I sort of fall in that bracket a bit at the minute. So um, affects your lung function primarily, doesn't it? Yeah, lungs and much more than that as well. And then the other, um, the the knock-on effects of all the treatment and bits and bobs like that as well have a big effect. But yeah. It's uh, hopefully it's it's a good CF week and people have uh, some good ideas and you'll see about it online or just give a post or just become a little bit more aware of what it what it entails. Really, it sounds like not a lot. Or if you're really really feeling it, you can donate some money to the charity and they're an awesome charity. Really good. They uh, it's not one of these. It's not a charity that ends up all your money actually goes to the right place, which is a big deal. So yeah, but don't feel. No pressure. No, None it could be all. it could be the early homework of the podcast is to go and look up CF and yeah, just go learn something. Learn something about cystic fibrosis and just see how it affects people and what it means for their lives. Yes. Cool. So we should, uh, we should probably so we don't have a bit of a continuity. I mean, obviously, last week, yeah, with Mitchell, we recorded a two-parter. We did, but we're going to sneak this in the gap. Yeah, and you're going to get the second part. And your second part's going to come later on. Yeah, we're not sure when yet. So, yeah. I don't think there's gonna, that's going to cause us any other continuity problems. But if it does... Well, it'll be fine. Deal with it. 
So, start of a ten. Start of a ten. What are we going with? Well, George is steering the ship this week. I'm steering the ship, usually, so it might go wrong. Usually, I'm behind the laptop. Usually, Angus is the one that controls everything, but it's me this week, so... Yeah, so... Let's see what happens. So, this is, is it, do I have to choose the news source? Yeah, you I? have to choose this time. Oh, no, local news. No, not local news. <laughs> I'm under pressure. Something not behind... Daily Mail, let's go Daily Fail. The mail, okay. Daily Fail, Scroll of Shame. Okay. Let's pick something from the Scroll of Shame. Okay, let's do it. Female or celebrity. You've visited this site before. Oh, yeah. This is my go-to. Okay. Got to pick something good. Hang on. Now he's... He's taking a closer look. He's straining his eyes. Yeah, a lot of these headlines are probably a bit too... Oh, nothing's off limits. That's the beauty of the pod. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Just seemed quite a funny headline. I'll do. So apparently, police are to use taxpayers' money to buy clean underwear for teenagers to stop them stealing it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realise that underwear theft was such a, such an extreme crime. App- apparently it is. Um, yeah, it says police are to hand out free pants Where is to this? teenagers in the hope to stop them from... Making expensive toiletries instead. I see. Right. So they're stealing other things as well. Oh, so like just going on the ram raid in boots. <laughs> By the sound of it, yeah. It's Cambridgeshire. Really? Didn't have it yep. down as that neck of the woods. So there's a nice picture of proper Y fronts there, which, <laughs> which <laughs> That's nobody, a great picture. <laughs> nobody is wearing Y fronts, are they? Nobody would take those even for free. No. 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 If that's if that's the alternative option, we're they're on a lost cause. They might as well just keep on. Um, just might as well just stand near the shelves that stuff's getting stolen from. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is a bit crazy. The tax pun- the taxpayer-funded initiative is being rolled out in Cambridgeshire, as I said, after officers linked a spike in the theft of hygiene products to uncleanliness amongst young adults. Specify a hygiene product so we're not just... Is it just cans of Lynx Africa? <laughs> I think that's probably what it is. Aftershave, maybe. Lynx. Probably Lynx. Yeah. What was the first Lynx you ever had? Well, it was a Christmas set. It's a Christmas set because everybody got those. Yeah, Yeah, I had a Christmas set of Lynx and I think it probably was Lynx Africa. I think mine was Lynx Africa. That was my first. And then I never had that. I could not stand that chocolate one. No, I didn't like the chocolate one. I didn't go down for that. We'd nearly be asphyxiated by that in the old PE changing room. (laughs) It was, oh. All those mixtures of smells amongst all the other smells of teenage boys. It was bad. It was bad. And, and they'd make you go and do, you do PE in the morning. Yeah. And you'd be done at getting getting changed again at like quarter to 11. And then you carry around a set of football boots in a bag. For the rest of the day. For the rest of the day. And yeah. they would be humming. Yeah, it was bad. Absolutely humming. I don't know why that was ever a good idea. PE, I was never, it was never my strong point, PE. Well, ironically, PE wasn't something I was particularly good at. Mm. As... I was somewhat inhibited by my body, but I absolutely okay. loved it. Yeah. I, I live for it. Some I'd li- I loved it when it was not serious. <sighs> when everyone just used to muck about, that was quite good fun. Yeah, I think so. But like you say, nobody's ever going to be the next like sporting no. superstar out of a no. PE lesson. It's, it's unlikely. Mm. If you're going to if you're going to show strong suits in sports, you're going to it's going to be off your own back that you're going to go and do it elsewhere. Of course, so yeah, it's not going to be through school really. 
yeah, it's, it's highly unlikely. I mean, you might get a taste for it. Like, oh, got a taste for badminton. Absolutely <laughs> bloody love it. And yeah, then, I like badminton. Then you're going to go find your local badminton club, but you're not going to... You're not going to get fast-tracked to some Olympic no, talent but, scheme. No, but by joining the school badminton club. Probably no. not. Well, not not a school that isn't a sports school anyway. No, and I... Yeah, I love that. Got a hell of a bruise playing badminton and squash. What, from from the ball? Well, yeah, the yeah. ball in squash. Yeah, I got a proper welt. A full oh. welt. They go so fast, those balls, don't they? Yeah, not as fast as, uh, not as, fast as the cricket ball. Then I got That's hit true. by a bowling machine. Really? 99 miles an hour. Oh yes. How are you still alive? Where did it hit you? Inside of the thigh. Oh. It wasn't it's not like a proper cricket ball you put in there. It's not one with a seat. Is it like the rubber ones? No, it's like a hockey ball. So it's like a giant uh, you've got dimples oh, on it. Okay. So it's like a giant golf ball to help them fly a bit straighter. Yeah. And we were in the bowling machine like playing seriously with it at like forty miles an hour, simulating the speed that it would go when we were children. And then somebody stands up there and clicks the button until it says ninety nine and you put it in. <laughs> and didn't really readjust where the ball should be bouncing so it flung up at me and got me right in the thigh oh. although it could have been a lot worse if it had been a few inches higher fatal it would have been a fatal <laughs> blow i reckon it would have smashed it would have smashed your box <laughs> not a chance that is very fast yeah and it made a horrible noise and they felt really bad as soon as they'd done it as well because they knew how bad that was and it missed my like it like clipped the pad well that pad was gonna do nothing anyway and it um yeah oh. And I had a big bread, a big red bruise, and where the little dimples were, little white bruises with inside the big red. So you mark. had a bruise in a bruise. <laughs> yeah, almost. It left it properly left a big slap. It was a really yeah. It was pretty bad. I once saw a guy get hit by a cricket ball, um, as he was running past. It was, so the whole story was there was we were we were running at this was at school, and we were running up the field to go to the the cricket pitches further up. Uh, and there was these guys playing, and uh, a friend of mine was over the far side, and I was over. So I was at the batter's side, and he was at the bowler's side, and he was running. I just remember looking over and thinking, this is going to end badly. I don't know why. It's going to end badly. And the bowler bowled, and the the guy with the bat hit, hit the cricket ball, and I was like, I can see what's going to happen here. Oh, and then in slow the motion, in slow motion, he ran, and the ball was flying, and it married perfectly right in his temple. Oh. And it was like, <laughs> oh. hit him in the head, and he fell to the ground. He was fine. It was only those those you know those orange rubber oh, cricket, cricket ball. balls. Yeah, so they weren't like proper cricket balls. Could have been in hospital if it had been. A Do you remember when Gary ball. Payne got hit in the nuts with a proper cricket ball? <laughs> no, I wasn't the there teacher. Then. Oh, that's a special moment in my life. I'll never be able to unsee that. <gasps> PE teacher yeah. hitting the balls hitting by the balls. a cricket ball, and he was like, like the full, the full. Uh, he must have felt sick. I mean, he had the full shebang. Yeah, and there was a there was another one where he got hit in the. Somebody just innocently threw a football back towards him. I remember that. And threw it, there. and then realised straight away what they'd done, and were like, "Sir, too late, hit, hit him, him in the in, head." Yep, yeah, I remember and that. And he went ape, yeah. went fully ape. Yeah, he did. Wrongfully too. I was actually there that day. I think I, I was definitely there. Yeah, good day. <laughs> <coughs> I live for the days when it all went wrong. For teachers. Yeah, no, I wasn't some sort of anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I did say this the other day, looking back, like, I'm not quite sure how I managed to go through school. I was just, like, annoying. Yeah. I never did anything that was warranted being, like, being really classified as naughty. Mm. But I did lots of things that were just 
annoying and disruptive and I was just a bit of a pain in the backside, <laughs> to be honest, and really? go away with it, I guess, looking back. I wouldn't change anything. If anything, actually, no, I would change it. I'd be worse because I realised, <laughs> I sat down, we, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, about how the actual, the consequences of you being like, oh, you got in so much trouble, you got a after school detention and all this. It actually meant nothing. Zero. Oh, goes on your permanent record. What are you going to be doing? Applying for a job somewhere and they're going to be like, and he's got three grey marks on his permanent record. For he, had a, he had an after school detention for throwing a rolled up bit of paper at a person <laughs> on the other side of the exactly. room. Exactly. It, it was worth it. Honestly, it would have it would have been if it what you were doing was funny, it would have been worth it. Yeah. If it's a story that when you're grown up and you start a podcast you can talk about. Yeah. It's I wish it. now looking back on life, I wish I'd done more things that would have been what, what I could class as uh podcast stories. Yeah, material I could call back on. But I yeah. On the whole I don't we don't I don't sit around pre thinking about No. Pre thinking pre preparing. No. It's just where the magic goes. <laughs> We did get the most, the, probably one of the most, the weirdest incidents. We ended up getting a whole load of trouble for doing a Mexican wave outside the front of school, about 10 of us. And somebody came over and it was like Ofsted inspection at the same time or some inspector oh walking around. And they were like, obviously wanted to portray some false representation of what the school Which really was. Which I've never was. really understood why. Yeah. The Ofsted, the schools know Ofsted are coming. Yeah. They make the school look fantastic while Ofsted's there. Yeah, and then it just, normal services and resumed. Then, exactly. So we were doing a Mexican wave, just messing around, and then, yeah. And this was classed as bullying. What? Yeah, I don't Who know. Who were you bullying? Uh, exactly. And then we all ended up in like a pastoral detention where we were sat there with um, the head teacher. <laughs> and he made us write a letter of apology. To who? To the school or whoever we, whoever had done it, and somebody oh, I can't uh, I can't remember who it was exactly. But somebody who st- started their letter, "We're sorry for being naughty," and said it in the way with the double entendre intended, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then I think even the head teacher nearly nearly like cracked at this one and thought it was funny, and then let us go. He thought the whole thing was just ridiculous. It was a waste Shame. of his time. It was a waste of our time. It was a waste of everybody's time. Have you ever done a Mexican wave or been part of a Mexican wave at an actual sporting event? Yeah, I've done it at sporting. Yeah, at sporting events, but it normally only happens at a sporting event if uh, the actual sport you're watching the game is the game's rubbish. Really? Yeah. So well, everyone's uh, bored. Or? Yeah, I went to watch. Um, I went to watch some rugby at Twickenham. One of those uh, like a a finals day where there was like four or five games on in the same day from all different leagues. And obviously, earlier on in the day, everyone's not super interested about what you're watching. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And it was red hot as well. It was like super hot. And we were on the side of the stadium that was in just sun all day. I got so burnt. And yeah, we just did Mexican waves all day because it wasn't (laughs) particularly fantastic. So yeah, when it got boring, everyone would start a Mexican wave. There's something, I can't remember where it is. Somebody worked out how many people you need to start a Mexican wave. The The fewest amount of people. What, a sporting event? Yeah, fewest amount of people to start a Mexican wave. I, I think, I want to say it's about six or seven. But it depends, like you say, it depends how committed your crowd are. You can't just get them going in the opera. <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> I would love to see a Mexican wave at the opera. You're at the Royal Albert Hall last night at the proms. Actually, no, they'd be up for it there. But yeah, there's a BBC News story. Mexican wave secrets revealed. Yeah, see... I, it takes about 30 people to get a Mexican wave going oh. in a football stadium. Or oh, 30 in a football stadium. 
But do you reckon it depends on what shape they're in? If it's a line of 30 of them in a row, that's going to look much more visually impacting than if there was just a it's six true. by five block of 30. I think it explains it here. Skim, give us a rundown. Uh, it says uh, 14 Mexican waves in a stadium containing at least 50,000 people were examined. It was found that between 25 and 35 people were needed to get the wave going. And then uh, in quotes, it is generated by no more than a few dozen people standing up simultaneously and subsequently expands through the entire crowd as it acquires a stable, near-linear shape. Well, that's just describing what a Mexican wave is. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Not that's, how that's, it starts. That, they actually wrote that. The, and the which, team wrote that in uh, And the which university Mexican. were given the funding to make this one happen? <laughs> It always is. I, I saw a classic this week, and I can't I can't 100% remember what it was, which is annoying me, of a university who'd been given money to spend on, like, researching one of these things. Found it. Scientists from the University of Budapest. Oh, Budapest? Hungary. We're charged with this one. Yep. Good to see Budapest are answering the big questions that we all have on our lips. And they studied a videotape of the crowd phenomenon that caught on during... Oh, cool. oh, I see the crowd phenomenon that caught on during the 1986 World Cup and built a mathematics model <coughs> to describe how it works. Was the 1986 World Cup the one in Mexico, which is the one Could where well, that was where it all kind of started? Where it kicked off. Yeah. It's a pretty cool idea, really. Yeah, it is. It looks, it looks very visually imposing. Mm. It's not as in, it's, it looks not as good as... Uh, it doesn't so much happen in the UK football leagues because we everybody has to be seated. What, because the English football league's interesting? Uh, y- yeah, well, we don't, yes, for example, the <laughs> premiership's kind of, you, you don't get many low points where people are going to be standing up doing Mexican waves. So, this um, is boring, Mexican wave. But, um, no, it's, uh, in the European leagues where you're still allowed to stand in on, like, tiered standing, yeah. and they cram in loads more people, and they all get jumping up and down at the same time, and the atmosphere in those places looks unreal. I saw a film once, um... Spanish or Mex, it might have been a Mexican or Argentinian, something, some Spanish-speaking country, um, and it's called the uh, the secret in their eyes, <coughs> or um, <coughs> I think it's El secreto de sus ojos in Spanish. Um, <laughs> and that was incredibly impressive. Thanks. Um, that was a string I did not know you had to your bow. Um. Anyway, so it's a film, and there's this scene. It's actually one of those scenes in film that lots of People who go to film school learn about it. And it's exactly as you've described. Um, and it's in these, like, a big concrete stadium and everyone's stood up. And they're all going absolutely crazy. And he's just watching the football, this this police guy. And he spots the guy that he's been looking for for, like, the whole film. And he starts, like, you know, running after him. The crowd's all crazy because the football team have just won. And the noise and the it's, crowd's going crazy. It's good. It's really good. So I know what you mean because I've seen it in a film. It's exactly what it's like. I don't need to go there. I've seen it in a film. Oh, I'd, I'd like to go. I would definitely like to go. It'd be awesome. And it's a very... Dip, it's a very... I can imagine going, it must feel quite a hostile environment, despite yeah. it not being actually that hostile. Yeah. Because, because it depends what team you support and what side of the stadium you're on. Yeah, and or if you understood the language of what everybody was talking about. And that. Because otherwise it does feel... You do feel a little alienated and worried. That's the thing, isn't it? When, when you're abroad... And everyone is speaking a completely different language. It is a little bit intimidating. Yeah, it's inti- I think it's also interesting on the same. I find it. I find it really interesting. 
Yeah. I always try and pick up something if I'm somewhere. Yeah. Try and pick up just at least thank you. Just if you can learn to say thank you in their language, it means quite a lot to them, I think. I've spent uh, a lot of time in London in the last like two years. I probably like a third of my, I don't know, four, four months a year, something like that, four or five months. And the part of London where I'm normally normally knocking around is like Chelsea and Kensington, which has a huge French population and other just general foreign population. And on the whole, you hear you it's a a rarity to hear an English voice before you'll hear people speaking in really? foreign. Yeah, it is quite a strange it's quite a strange environment. I think that's good though because it, it brings culture, doesn't it, into a city? Oh, massively, yeah. But Chelsea's Chelsea and Kensington is very odd. It's like Half the houses are uninhabited week all the time. It's just dead because people own them all as second homes, third homes, yeah. fourth homes, whatever you yeah. want. And they're always being renovated. Really? Always, always being renovated. And renovations like people having basements dug and things. Sounds because, like a good business to get into. Yeah. Well, it is. It's interesting because the land value is so high. So if you you could buy a, a, like a little terrace house, a two-bed terrace house yeah. in Chelsea is going to be like... In I I don't even know four or five million pound. So if you have to spend five hundred thousand pound for them digging a basement for you to put in a cinema room and a wine cellar downstairs, your land your value is proportionately going to increase by like two million on your property. So even then, it becomes to the insane level where people were digging. They were having like they called them iceberg houses, where you were almost having more houses bigger underground. Yeah, you had more going underground than overground. But wow. it was taking them years to do these excavations. I mean, genuinely, there's some building sites that even I've walked past for two years now. That are still going That are still just have a conveyor belt poking out the garden. <laughs> and there's just a bloke underneath. And they have to use, like, hand tools almost. Because you can't put a digger underneath. <laughs> of course you can't. So you have to use, like, a pneumatic drill and a, a pneumatic drill and hand shovel the buckets in. So you have, But it just takes years, which is why it costs so much money. And, yeah, it's very... I don't... I think also... Planning. I watched a television program about this. I think planning laws change now. So you aren't allowed to build these two-story... They've stopped. They've blocked people doing two-story basement. Two-story basement? Yeah, you aren't allowed what? to do it anymore. Because it was taking too long. And the disruption to the other houses around, so... Yeah, it must be. Because you must be able to hear that or even feel yeah. it. Well, you'd feel it. Well, like, people's like pictures were falling off the walls yeah. for two years. <laughs> and because... And also, you have to have... They're like little, they're like close, they're quite close streets where all these people are having this work done. Yeah. And you can't get the get rid of the mud very easily. So all you were having was just skips on the road. Skips full of, of trucks, yeah. Yeah, and a grabber truck would come every morning and empty the skip. <laughs> and it would block the road up for like two hours in the morning while it was emptying yeah. it. And people were like, I can't get to work. And it was just, it, it was madness. It would be hell living next door to one. <laughs> the houses are quite cool though. There are some lovely houses around there. They're amazing. They, Although I think, I think they just feel for a bit the soulless. equivalent amount of money down in Devon, you could buy a castle with oh, you could buy a country hundreds estate. of acres of land. Genuinely, you could buy a country estate. Yeah, easily. And you have to question at that point, are you not just better off buying a country estate? I, I think lifestyle-wise you are. Yeah, if you came two hours... Well, okay, Devon's an extreme example coming all the way out here. But well, yeah, no, you can go... You can go up a bit, can't you? Yeah, if you, if you... Like two hours... Down to the Cotswolds. Yeah. Two hours, you could be like in the middle. You could be like beyond Birmingham in two hours on the train or something. Yeah. So, in fact, well, yeah, Somerset. You could you could be in Somerset in a couple of hours. Yeah, but you would spend you, but you would spend your entire life commuting. Yeah, and I think that's just uh, it. Wouldn't be something I would be be interested in. It would I wouldn't be very interesting uh, way to spend your existence. 
And the trains cost a fortune. Yeah, they're so expensive. Whoa! Season passes. Train like prices are mental. Any kind of public transport. Taxis as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, taxis are expensive. So expensive. But there's a time and a place to use them, I think. Yeah, when you're pissed. Yeah. And also, if if you're just doing a one-off journey in the day and there's four of you... Yeah, I think <coughs> it, it comes, comes, comes quite cheap, doesn't it? <coughs> if you're splitting it, <coughs> you can go quite a long way on a tenner. Before you've paid four people's yeah, tube, yeah. If you like for two pound fifty tube fare yeah. or however, but rounded up, coach travel is the cheapest. Yeah, but it's horrendous. It I is. mean, there's the it is often quite terrible. Leg room to cost to yeah suicideness on right. arrival. I, I find National Express is alright. Is there a darling hostess selling crisps and tea? Yeah, she comes <laughs> down the aisle with a trolley. <laughs> well, that's a great song. I love that. Any duty free? Any well, duty, get a free. duty free on a bus? Any duty free? You only sir? get duty free in the air. Any duty free? You be, I need to go on your buses if you're <laughs> getting duty free. <laughs> what you're getting buying little bottles of whiskey? <laughs> <coughs> Somewhere on the M4, George consumes another small bottle of Bells. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I think they should introduce that refreshment carts on coaches. Well, it's a space thing. You can get um. There was uh, when when did the service station start selling alcohol? Don't know. Oh, was it last year? Maybe a year ago or so. I don't know. If there's like a M and S food, you know, you'll be able to buy beer. Oh yeah, of course. You can buy wine and beer and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's, you're not allowed to consume it. I don't think you're allowed to sit there and consume it. And probably not. No. Yeah, sitting in the welcome break, <laughs> having drinking a, a bottle of wine. Yeah, drinking a <laughs> bottle of wine with your uh, uh, McDonald's. Yeah, well, it's not normally a McDonald's. No. It was almost like Burger King or yeah, like just eat food. I didn't realise originally service stations were um, started by the government. It was a government-run thing initially. Oh, it was privatised. They sold it off. Yeah, it got sold off. So they, they built them all around the country and it was run, run, they were run by the government or funded by the government. Um, and they were horrific. Uh, and then they were slowly privatised and that's why we have a welcome break. Yeah, sold off to others. those people. Have you been to the, um, the farm shop one? Oh, what, Gloucester? In Gloucester. Gloucester Services. Teletubby Mountain. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah, with grass on the roof. Eco Village. I love it. There's two now. There's one either side, isn't there? Yeah, they've finally done both of the... They're amazing. ...the north and the southbound carriage. If you're ever up near Gloucester on the M5, stop there. Yeah. Yeah. So good. There's no, like, McDonald's or anything. It's just a farm shop and local produce and... I believe... uh, There's a a restaurant. It's I believe there's one owned by the same... People somewhere in the Lake District. Oh, really? Yeah. And we so well travelled, our knowledge of service stations, <laughs> service, of the stations U- service stations of the UK. On the British motorway network. Oh, Jesus. What's your favourite motorway? Um, <coughs> I like the M5. I think oh, the M5's great. I, I'm to death with the, the M5. Really? I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I think it's alright. I love when you get to Bristol and it's just mental and there's big, massive bridges, some of the biggest bridges I've ever it's seen. It's like Spaghetti Junction where there's like a million yeah. roads over the top of each other. My favourite is the A74M in Scotland. Is that the one in Scotland that takes you from, um, <coughs> what's it called? From <coughs> not Edinburgh, north of Edinburgh, up right up to the... Oh no, that's the island. A9. Oh, the A9. That's, the, that's my favourite A road. A9 is a great road. Oh, it's magical. It's really high. It's just beautiful. Isn't that? Isn't the A9 the one in um, Spectre? When the, the big money shot when they're driving down nah, through the big the money mountains. shots. The big money shots through, um, oh, where the ski resort is. Well, I say ski resort. 
where the ski lift is and a slope. Well, uh, that's up near Fort Bill, isn't it? Yeah, the, the approach to Fort William through there. And um, yeah, you go past Jimmy Savile's old house, oh, which is where right. it's been sold off and boarded up, and it's just yeah. quite like graffitied yeah, and a bit weird. It does, it does look like it needs knocking down. Just to clarify, yeah, there is a ski resort in the UK. A few. There's a couple. Yeah. Up in Scotland. A few. Uh, yeah. There and was is a, there, is, there's probably not one in Wales. Is there one in Wales? No. No. no, no, no they no. they get snow, but not high enough not like or that. not regularly enough. In Scotland, there is. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think they're too bad either. There's only a few runs. There's only like 10 runs or something stupid. But It's really annoying me the name of where... Glencoe. Glencoe Pass. Oh, Glencoe. Glencoe yeah. Pass is where it is. That's the... That's the, the Spectre money shop. Incredible road. Oh, what? Basically, Scotland's great for roads. Oh, as soon as you go north of like Edinburgh into the actual highlands and stuff, the roads are incredible. It's super beautiful. Yeah. And it's really strange. When you go out the back end of like Glasgow, so you, and then all of a sudden you go past like through a roundabout... And there's a takeaway Costa, a drive-through Costa, which is the first drive-through Costa I ever saw, actually. And then um, you just—it's like somebody flicks the switch, and all of a sudden, like pow, Suddenly mountains. Next minute, you're like full locks and glens, mountainous. Mm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. I love it, but it's from where we are. It's so far. Yeah, it's a long, long way. Well, it's about what ooh, nine hours to where we're talking about, if not. Uh, yeah. Probably about probably about nine hours up there. Well, yeah, if you're being sensible and, like, stopping. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you did it in stops, the one, yeah. if you did <laughs> it in the one and you stopped for <laughs> nobody, fuel Nobody only, can do it in the one. If you did it in the one, Nobody it's can go seven. eight hours without a wee break. It's probably seven hours with no wee breaks. No, no one could do that. With a bottle. Yeah. Have <laughs> a weed in a bottle? No, I haven't. I've weed in a bottle. All right, why would you ever wee in a bottle and not in a head? Because you couldn't stop. Oh, right, in a car. In a rush. In a rush. No, I've never done that. On the, in, on the back seat of the car, I've weed in a bottle. No, I've never done that. You haven't lived. I I've never been that. in that much of a rush. Next time on the way to work. On the way to work, on yeah. my 15-minute journey yeah. to work. For, like, let go of the morning wee, like, uh, overlook the morning wee and then save it for a LucasAid bowl. Oh, Reason why I recommend like a LucasAid bowl, wide rim. wider brim, wider neck. Probably not a problem for some men. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, well, you don't want a mistake. You don't want to <laughs> get wee s- everywhere. <laughs> some men fruit shoots fine. <laughs> Others need the full Luke's A bowl. So it'd be only varying widths. <laughs> well, it depends how much how much you need a wee. Uh, if you want a, a Volvic bottle, is like the optimum C <laughs> because that's got a wide brim and it's about two liters. So one of those Volvic strawberry waters. You know too much about this, Angus. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Do you reckon when they design bottles, they think about uh, neck size? Probably, for... yeah. That's probably why they're s- why most bottles are so small, so that people don't put their penises in them. <laughs> Yeah, in the suction problems, there's also you could get yourself in a proper pickle. Yeah, in the back of a car. Yeah, well, what a place! That what is a plate. That's a ridiculous place. Probably to a place stop. to finish. A great place to finish. Yeah. So we've covered from. Well, it started out with that news story about the police giving away giving away underpants using taxpayers' money uh, to give dodgy-looking wife fronts to teenagers who steal links from boots and then we or probably savers we covered the entire uk road and motorway <laughs> network discussed how they privatized <laughs> the motorway services <laughs> and which is the best bottle to we in we don't have a comment if you're a girl no i mean so if somebody wants to get in touch which is the best well, bottle women to we don't really understand so with the female anatomy that'd be really yep, helpful you can get us on twitter yeah tweet in at start of 10 pod start for 10 pod the number 10 Yep. Yeah, or you could email. You can email us too. You're mad. 
at <laughs> starter for 10 pod at gmail.com but that's yeah. the word 10 because there's no consistency I should the have internet's th- a nightmare should have thought about this really it right matter. and we're available on all the usual places all the usual places iTunes we- iTunes Acast Spreaker and it'll be on soon to be on TuneIn yeah it's on YouTube it's could be on Stitcher soon and basically, just just check our Twitter. anywhere, yeah, or our own personal Twitters. Yeah, Get. you can catch me on at I don't know what my Twitter handle is G O Ben ninety four is it G O B ninety four because George G-O- doesn't really use Twitter G O B ninety four and I'm I'm McAngus on Twitter, which is one of the cleverest Twitter handles I've seen. Oh, thank you. I like it, and I'm all over Twitter twenty four seven. So all yeah, time, and I'm on there about once a week. So. <laughs> right. Oh, how many likes has the last pod got? Oh, good. Brilliant. <laughs> nice. No, it's going well. Numbers yeah. are good. Numbers good. are still. Uh, numbers are still astonishing. So yeah. yeah, all good. Thank you very much Thanks for tuning guys. in. And yeah, you'll get part two of uh, the, the co-starring the Mitch. co-star three-way special. It went a bit long. Yeah. It went a little it's a bit, bit long. Of a mammoth. We got. It's not a mammoth. I tell you, I tell you um, what. It's a forty-minute. It's a forty-seven-minute long podcast. So. If you'd like, if you'd rather we split it into a two, tweet us. No, I'm not doing that. It's not organic, and there's no introduction. We like the we like the organic one take. Leave it running. That's why there's so much trash because yeah, we just do it in one mainly take. Mainly because we haven't quite worked out how the editing would work yet. So yeah, cool. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Catch you again soon. Bye. Cheers, then. Bye. For McDonald's, CBU, and Davis Allen Advertising, this is Aroma. $2, six-piece McNugget, 30-second radio, ID number MCLQ, 847320R. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive through and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, <laughs> oh, babe, just a few. <laughs> All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. <laughs> the smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online, so any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore, so we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com.